Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker and listen with a sparkle in your eye, as though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek! Welcome to So I Married a Movie Geek. This is Chrissy McQueen and Justin Winters reporting for duty. And can I just tell you that I think that I may have now seen one of the best movies of all time. What? Well done, Justin. Well, it's, I didn't make the movie, so... No, but you're the one who made me watch it. Well, I mean, Shawshank Redemption is, like, the best-reviewed movie on IMDb, IMDb of all time, so... That's right, kids. I just saw the Shawshank Redemption for the first time. and It's, it's 2010. This it was is. made in 1994. Somehow you missed this. Not only did I miss it, but I had a total, like, virgin understanding of the movie. I didn't know anything about it. Not even a little bit. Really? Nothing. How did that happen? I don't know. I think, to be honest with you, um, that it might have been a movie that my dad liked when I was a kid, and I was kind of like, man, whatever, my dad likes it. It must be some sort of action, bloody violent crap. Man. Yeah. I was like a 75-year-old trapped in a 7-year-old's body. <laughs> and so I just kind of, I don't think I purposely avoided it. It just didn't register on my radar. Oh, Okay. But it is the number one movie on IMDb, uh, apparently. Why is that? I mean, it's great, but why is that? Why is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You don't know why it would be the number one movie on IMDb? No, I don't. Well, I mean, it's, got, it's obviously got a lot of themes that obviously, you know, are important to a lot of people. Right. But, you know, so is The Green Mile, but The Green Mile isn't number one. Well, hmm... Hey, this movie didn't have a giant black man with fireflies spewing out of its mouth. Because well, that's so, you know, realistic. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very important plot point of Green Mile. <laughs> but it's funny, because I did think of that movie while I was watching this in the beginning. I went, oh, this kind of has a Green Mile sort of well, feel to it. Well, it was made by the same uh, person, so that would make sense. Really? Frank Darbont. Oh, I didn't know that he made Green Mile. Yes. After uh, Shawshank Redemption. Well, obviously. What else has he made? Um, not only that, but I think Tom Hanks was originally um, his first choice to be... Uh, Tim Robbins' character? Tim Robbins, Andy Dufresne, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And the funny thing is right now we have this little summary pulled up that says, The Shawshank Redemption Special Edition, framed in the 1940s for the double murder of his wife and her lover, upstanding banker Andy Dufresne, or Fresne, how do you say it? Fresne? That's <laughs> spelled. I love what you use. We just finished watching this like two minutes ago, and she's already forgotten how to pronounce this guy's name that is said like at least... 30 times throughout the movie. Well, it sounded like in the movie like they were saying Dufresne a lot. Well, just call him Andy Dufresne. That, okay. That's like, that's, that's, that's better. Breathe new life into the name. It's French. <laughs> Begins a new life at the Shawshank prison where he puts his accounting skills to work for you know what, Chrissy? Warden. I think we should put you in Shawshank Redemption, or Shawshank prison for not seeing Shawshank Redemption. Um, Aw. This is awful. Why Aww. are you seeing this movie? Well, I was just going to say, what makes me... Um, happy is that I didn't read this little synopsis before seeing it because uh, from the first frame and you know when he's first convicted of the double murder I thought oh he did it really yeah I did it. I thought he did it 
just because of the way they set it up to make it look like he kind of did it. Well, there were, and not even look. It wasn't. It was. Or you just like, gosh, if men, you know, he did it. No, it was beyond circumstantial evidence. It seemed like it was pretty cut and dry. Fingerprints on the gun, fingerprints on everything surrounding it. There was the broken bottle outside. They could never find his gun drained in the lake that he said that he threw it into. I mean, can we underline the fact that people need to watch this movie if they've never seen it before? That's probably important. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, just a general like summer. Can't go see like, this movie. like, what? What did you like? Did you love the movie? What did you like? Oh, I about loved it. it. That was great. Yeah. Uh, I would say that I thought the acting was top notch. It does have, you know, one of our best actors, Morgan, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman, in a role that I think is his best role. He's I had th- some really good ones. I think actually he's said on record that it's his favorite role of his. So. It's funny, though, because towards the end when he started thinking to himself about what would he do on the outside, I, I, I think I turned to you and I was like, well, he could be a great narrator. Oh, I want him to narrate my death. Your death? <laughs> I wish he was right here narrating my life as I'm talking about him. He's that good. Well, that'd be fine. Have him narrate your life. But why? Oh, why would you want him to narrate your death? So then Justin shut his eyes. <laughs> I hope he doesn't outlive me, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> but he was great in this movie. It's true. He was pretty fantastic. Uh, not only that, but it, it was a great prison break movie. And to be honest with you, I didn't expect the prison break. It, towards the beginning when he mentioned, you know, oh, it would take, you know, 600 years to be able to carve a tunnel with that little um, rock hammer. I think I, I turned to you and I said, oh, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen, though. And I forgot about it. And then so when you, he did it, I was like, what? So you're saying this is one of your favorite prison break movies, but what... Other prison break movies have you seen? Toy Story Three. <laughs> so you're saying you like this more than Toy Story Three? Oh, I don't know. Toy Story Three was pretty good. Toy Story Three is good, kids, and you should go see it. It's true. Although, kids and adults. Although, can as a very quick aside, can I just tell you that I had a three year old tell me when I when I told him, "Hey, Gus, you should go see Toy Story 3. Nope, it's a little intense. It is a little intense. But I told him it's fine. You're a smart kid. You can take it. He said, "Nope." And also, it's a little commercial. And I asked him, did you mean that you saw a commercial on TV for Toy Story 3 or the film itself was commercial? To which he replied, after thinking about it for a good beat, the film itself was commercial. <laughs> He's like, what do you know, kid? What are you, Roger Ebert? I was like, thank you, three-year-old Gus Goulet. <laughs> He's already thinking that way about movies. Oh, it was fantastic. We should have him on the podcast. Okay, well, I'm sure his mom will... I think that's cool. Gus's mom, if you're listening to this, we would like to have Gus on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. Right. Okay. So, other than Toy Story 3, you haven't seen a lot of Prison Break movies. There was that show on Fox, Prison Break. I watched Prison Break. You did watch Prison Break. Ugh, Prison Break. What a frustrating series. You didn't watch any of it, so you don't know. I have another Prison Break movie for you. Well, I was talking about Prison Break the series. Brave Little Toaster. Brave Little Toaster? That was a great movie. I don't think they were in a prison in Brave Little Toaster. It's not the point. They they had to break out. They took the air conditioner out of the wall. They went on a big journey in the forest. Well, you know what? I like Shawshank Redemption better than Brave Little Toaster. (laughs) I agree. I'm going to put it it out there and say that I like it better. Would you say it's in your top ten of your favorite movies of all time? It is not, but it is a very... I, I like it a lot, and I haven't seen it in many years. And now that I watched it again with you, I understand why I liked it as much when I first saw it. In it, 1994 when it first came out. It's pretty timeless, I have to say. Yeah. And I pretty much, I have, 
I have a, an affinity for any movie that kind of takes place in the 40s, 50s, um, general couple of decades. I, I don't know. I, I have a, an affinity for life back then. So it was based on a short story by Stephen King um, titled Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. Did you know this? <laughs> I did not. You're educating me. There you go. Um, it was, uh, I forget which book. It, it, it was one of his short stories. Um, and I think one of my favorite uh, adaptations of his, um, of Stephen King's. He's had some pretty good ad adaptations, too, from what I understand, so that's really saying something. What is your favorite Stephen King adaptation, Chrissy? The Mist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to blow Chrissy's mind right here. Whoa, whoa, time out, time, time to blow Chrissy's mind. Uh-oh. Guess who also directed The Mist? Who? Frank Darbont. Get out. Get out of here. Get out of town. You know what? There's a really funny story about The Mist. I took Chrissy oh, no. and Chrissy's mother, oh, my no. now mother-in-law, yes. to see The Mist on Easter. <laughs> we saw that movie on Easter. I'm not going to ruin The Mist for you. I say I want to tell you it's a good movie to go see, but it's kind of the opposite of this movie where it's a very, um, I wouldn't say uplifting movie. It's well, got a very depressing ending. <laughs> at the end of especially this movie... If you, especially if you take your mother-in-law and your you know girlfriend at the time to go see it on Easter. <laughs> Let's put it this way. At the end of Shawshank Redemption, especially if you've tossed back a few... Yeah, Shawshank's a really depressing movie with an uplifting right. ending. Well, I was going to say, you're sitting there at the ending and you're like, That was great! Whoa. I'm so glad they got out. I'm so glad I got Okay. But at the end of The Mist, you're like, what the marbles just happened? Shh, don't ruin the mist for people. I didn't. I just said what the marbles just happened. I mean, it's obviously a a uh, more frightening movie to watch, but don't shush me. <laughs> okay. I don't like to be shushed. So yeah, go watch the mist. Also by Frank Darbont. I asked you earlier. What else has he done? You didn't tell me. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. You said the Green Mile. Yeah. And the mist. Well, it's because I brought it up. Oh, okay. Whatever. If we recast the Shawshank Redemption today, who would you like to see in a reboot of it? Since apparently reboots are limitless. I hate when you do stuff like that. I don't want to think about a reboot of this movie. What do you mean when I do stuff like that? Oh, I hate it when you in, want to recast movies. In general, I just I don't like thinking about reboots. I mean, I know they're inevitably going to happen to most you know movies. Right. And that's the kind of way we're going now, I guess, with film. Shawshank but, Redemption 3D. Oh my god. Watch him break out in three dimensions. <laughs> Watch as he crawls through the sewage tunnel. That's sad. I don't want to, uh, you know. No, I know. So what, you know, uh, obviously this is a very popular movie. Yes. We've established um, no, that. No more on IMDb. So what is the thematic value of Shawshank? Why do you think it, it's so lasting? Um, well, it's an intelligent movie, first of all. And so I think it, it appeals to a broad audience. It pre it. it the intellects among, amongst us can appreciate that aspect of it. Those of us who are into pathos are really, you know, like I was saying a thing where you're like, I just love this movie. That's so good. You know, it, it, it appeals to the emotional side of the audience. And even if you just like, you like the story of the prison break itself where, you know, you forego the intelligence and emotional aspects. It's just, you know, getting out of prison. People like that sort of storyline too. So it appeals to a broad demographic. Okay, so what is the so what's the theme of the movie? Redemption. Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> the theme of the movie is Shawshank. <laughs> Shawshank, that's the theme. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. It's obviously a movie about hope. I mean... Oh, yeah. Uh, that too. Tim Robbins in this role. I mean, okay. Personally, what did you think of Tim Robbins in this role? He was great. And it's funny because when I saw his name um, on, on the title card, I was like... Tim Robbins. Oh, I know him. What's he been in? Oh, I don't know. It was one of those things where I saw the name and I was like, Tim Robbins. Oh, yeah, that guy. And then I couldn't remember any specific movie Probably he'd been in. Probably because you've never seen a movie with Tim Robbins in it. What has he been in? Encyclopedia Brown. Huh? What has he been in? I'm not going to do your busy work for you. You don't know? What? I know the movies I've seen him in. What have you seen him in? I, that's why I'm asking. You like Cradle of Rock. He was in that, right? I never saw that. Uh, Bull Durham? Never saw it. Wow. Okay, we'll add those two movies to the list of movies. <laughs> what else? <laughs> oh, but, but let's go back to the theme. I mean, um, there's a reason that people love this movie so much. I mean, think about it. Uh, it's it, it's got a message of hope. Yes. It's got a message of redemption. You know, if you keep, you know, no matter how much you're in the, I'm gonna cuss the shit. Yeah. No matter how much you're beaten down by society, if you keep trudging through. You know, there's light in the tunnel for you. I mean, that's obviously a you know important message that people, you know, it's an uplifting thing to think of. I'm not. I'm a little more with Morgan Freeman on this when I say I'm not sure that's exactly accurate or true. That dis- accurate that it's the theme of the movie, or no. accurate that the theme is that the theme is tangible and correct. Okay. All right. What What, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think that. I don't, I'm not necessarily sure that karma exists, but for lack of a better word here, if there is some sort of karma in the universe, it does kind of reward you if you put goodness out into the world and you trudge through adversity. But mm-hmm. there are cases where people try, you know, and they flail and they fight against whatever is in their, it, their obstacle in their way and they just can't, they can't win. Okay, so you're saying there's no hope. No, I'm not saying that. No, 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 I'm not saying that. So you're that. saying the theme is not hope. That's definitely not what I'm saying. The theme is definitely help, uh, hope. But if, because you said, if you trudge through all the shit, then there is light at the end of the tunnel. I don't think that's necessarily true for everyone. I didn't say it was necessarily true for everyone, but it's a nice idea to have. Absolutely. Especially, I mean, if you um, subscribe to the Buddhism philosophy that life is suffering... Um, Andy Dufresne in this movie obviously went Dufresne? through. Dufresne? I'm sorry. Andy <laughs> Dufresne in this movie went through a lot of suffering. He did. Not only that, he, you know, kept his intre- his integrity throughout. I mean, this guy got crapped on throughout the movie. Literally and figuratively. And figuratively. I love that, you know, it, it, I did notice that he, uh, or Morgan Freeman's character, Red, mm-hmm. who, um. He was is, Irish. That's, yeah, he was. Yar! You know what? Wait. A great, a great tidbit about this movie is that I don't think uh, more the guy, the the guy that was supposed to play Red, wasn't supposed to be black. I think uh, Frank Darabont said that he had Morgan Freeman in mind, but he was kind of leaning towards a older, more veteran like Robert Redford, like older guy. Time. But Morgan Freeman also came in and he made the role. He did make the role his own. Absolutely, I can't imagine somebody else doing the role that being said Robert Redford would have been very good at this type of character and didn't he play a similar type of character with Brad Pitt in that one movie which one the one with Brad Pitt oh 
I, I know the one you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. It's because it sucked. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't see it. I don't it. think Robert Redford would have been as good of a narrator as Morgan Freeman. No. But, and, and that's not taking anything away from Robert Redford. It's just that Morgan Freeman is that good of a narrator. Yeah. Robert Redford's great. I like him. He was great in Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first time you've seen this movie. Indeed. What, uh, did you have any, like, favorite scenes, favorite other characters other than the ones we talked about? Oh, I got so angry when the warden put him in the hole for two months. <laughs> I was mad enough when he put him in the hole for one month, but then after he went down there... I don't want to be put in the hole. Why would you want to be put in the hole? I think that goes without saying. I know. I don't want to be put in the hole. Good. I'm glad. How do you think you would, um, you asked me this in the middle of the viewing of the movie. How do you think he would last in uh, prison? I, I think... And I said this actually before... I'm sure everyone thinks that when they watch this movie. I'm sure. Uh, I said this before Andy said it, but uh, I was heartened to know that we're on the same page. you got to find something to occupy you. you got to uh, pick up a tedious hobby. Really, you do. You know, to pass the time to keep your brain busy. I think it would depend on where I was and who I was with as far as how I would do. I think I'd be pretty good at keeping my brain busy and coming up with little projects to occupy my time and, and energy. I don't know how well I would get along with other inmates. I might be able to carve out a small niche of friends. Mm -hmm. But um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm little and I'm blonde and I got blue eyes. Mm -hmm. And So those butch women would have their way with you. I don't even know about that, but they'd look at me and they'd be like, Hey, Bambi, like, what's with the blue, big blue eyes? And they'd like kick my butt. <laughs> they really would. Because they just look at me and be Are like... Are Danny Zuko? <laughs> hey, Bambi. What's with the big blue eyes? Rocking and rolling and whatnot. <laughs> no, but they'd be like... <laughs> they'd be like... Go get me a sandwich. Girl, who do you think you are with all that mascara? <laughs> who do you think you are, Mary-Kate Olsen? Well, I mean... Obviously, I wouldn't last very long in prison. Um, I think you're an Andy Dufresne type. I think that you'd be okay. Uh, am I really an Andy Dufresne type? You are. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So you're saying that if I was beaten and, you know. Sodomized. Sodomized. You're sodomized. <laughs> all this stuff that I would still keep my head up and. Uh, in the short run, no. In the long run, Yes. <laughs> But in, in Morgan Freeman said the same thing. He was like, if this would have gone on much longer, I don't think you would have been able to keep up with it. And I don't think it, you would have been able to either if it would have gone on for a long period of time. I think the key is you have to have some kind of, like, duty or job every day. You said duty. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, technically you should have a couple duties every day. <laughs> duty. I mean, if you're in prison... Say it again. Duty. Duty. <laughs> I have duties. Is that like dingleberries? How old are you? <laughs> Twelve. Okay. <laughs> like I was saying, you gotta have a job. You gotta have something to keep you busy. Um, he, he, uh, I guess Morgan Freeman says it in the movie. You, you, who says it? They, I thought it was You gotta Andy. keep. Either you keep dying, or you gotta keep living. What did they say? <laughs> keep living or keep dying. I just paraphrased. Will the, you please put that like on the poster? I just keep living or dying. <laughs> just paraphrased and mangled the main message of the movie. Shawshank Redemption. It's about redemption. There's keep either, living or dying. I think there's some dying or there's living, and you want to keep living. <laughs> Whatever. 
I think it's an important it's, message, no matter no matter that I mangled it just then. He, I think he says, get living or get dying. I just think of Matthew McConaughey, and he's like, but be quick about just, it. just keep living, just keep living. Isn't that his philosophy? What kind of accent was that? Matthew McConaughey? Just really? keep living. You sound more like Sling Blade. Just keep Matthew, living. Matthew McConaughey, he's like, all just right, all right, all right. That's Matthew McConaughey. Aerosmith, <laughs> two weeks, you and me, baby. Just keep living. Is that good? Yes, that's much better. All right, I'm sorry. So you started out like, just keep living, like you were Sling Blade. Okay, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, got, I eventually reached it. Yes, you did. You had to tune up to it. Um, What else? Uh, the whole Brooks thing is very sad oh, in this movie. Um, if you've ever seen this movie, Brooks plays the older, um, they call him institutionalized. Um, which means? Which means that he's been in the the prison for over 50 years what is it there's no real time period on it but that he's reached his breaking point wherein he would not understand or be able to acclimate to life outside which which is a uh, totally understandable totally understandable. i mean i think about it i mean it happens today with our the people that are coming out of prison after many many years i mean how do they how do you, you function know, how do you function how do you function? I, I, I don't really know. Because, I mean, society has eventually written you off, and you come back to society, and obviously they don't want you anymore, and they don't know what to do with well, you. society is unkind in general to those who are older and uh, who are looking to find a place for themselves, especially in the workforce. But add to that that you're an ex-felon and that you have that going for you. I can't imagine, you know... Brooks walking into the local Jimmy he was, Yeah, he was very threatening with his... He was so threatening, you know. <laughs> and they're asking, they're like, so what have you been doing for the past 50 years? Well, I've been the prison librarian. Oh, so you are you were in prison. Yep, I was a felon. For what? Murder. Okay, then. You know, and you can practically hear the pen striking the paper as it makes a horizontal line through his name. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah, it is. And it's sad in the movie. It is. But realistic that he decides to end it all. That he decides to commit suicide. I yeah, and I understand why he did it. It made me sad that he did, but it wasn't that type of thing where you're like, oh no, he shouldn't. He has so much going for him. Why would he do that? It was very sad, but at the same time, it was like, well, I get it. Well, I guess it also ties in with another theme of the movie, I guess, which is the the concept of freedom. Like, what what is it that makes you free? Right. You could be inside in a prison. But you could still be free and have, um, like Andy Dufresne, um, <laughs> he he collected rocks and he did his little chess thing. He um, uh, did the taxes for all the the prison guards and stuff. That that made him feel like he was free, like he a member of society. A member of society. Um, and on the flip side, you can be out, you know, not in prison, out in the real world, and still feel imprisoned. Within yourself. Right. So. Exactly. When they start trying to find ways to get back into the prison, uh, you know, they're they're more on the inside than they ever were when they were actually in the joint. Oh, that reminds me of Prison Break. Like Toy Story? No, Prison Break, the series we were I talking know. about earlier. I was being facetious. Yeah. I was one of the people that watched Prison Break throughout all its, you know, I guess it was three seasons. I'm sorry. But they broke out of a prison and then they had to like 
break into a prison and they break out of the, there's too many breaking in as a once you break out of one prison don't ever go near another prison again well that's why they should have just changed the title of the series i remember when they first came up with that prison break i said to whoever was with me at the time hey uh, how long is that gonna last what happens after they break out of the prison are they gonna change the title of the series or is it gonna be over well i think they weren't really thinking past the first season well <laughs> no, that, that wasn't very bright now was it <laughs> that's okay okay so what what was your favorite scene in the movie you asked me that earlier, but then we got off on a tangent. Um, I was going to say, when we finally got clued in as the audience as to how Andy snowed the warden, you know, like he took the the extra set of papers out from his um, pants and he, and he put, you know, the false papers in the safe and you saw that he was taking the shoes and that, that whole reveal. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite thing because, oh, that warden... What a self-righteous son of a bitch. That guy's good. He, oh, he was great. He's a great actor. But boy, did he have it coming. Yeah. And and it's funny because towards the beginning, right away, when he started in with uh, all the Bible stuff and the Christian stuff, I was like, now, is he a genuine Christian? Is he really well, hoping to rehabilitate of, these guys? There's tons of or? biblical themes throughout the movie. And You'll have to help me out with all those. Huh? You'll have to help me out with all those. Well, I mean, the obvious ones like... The like the warden had the saying above the sh- it was on top of the safe. What right? Is, I don't know. I, I don't remember what it, it was. Said. But it's, <laughs> there's biblical things throughout the movie. A lot of people that watch the movie um, think Andy Dufresne is a Christ-like figure in the story because he goes through all of this crap, escapes into his, uh, you know. His heaven, which is this place in Mexico where he's, you know, doing this boat and, uh, um, and then he leaves behind disciples and all the, the guys that had grown to love him throughout his stay in Shawshank. Okay. I think it's a bit of a stretch, but I'll take it. His cronies. It's not my stretch. I understand. It's other people's stretch. I know that you're just the messenger. But yeah, I guess the the theme of hope and you know redemption. And but what bothered me about this about the warden thing? Let's talk a little bit about his um, false Christianity, because in the beginning when he first started in on it, and you know he hands every new inmate a Bible and he, he talks about how important it is to find salvation from within. Mm-hmm. I, I knew right away the way he was talking. I was like, well, this guy's a son of a bitch. But if he really believes this and he walks the walk in addition to having, you well, know, Well, that was it. He wasn't walk. walking the walk. Right. Well, I didn't know in the beginning. I was, was I was on the fence about it. I was like, I don't like him. But, you know, if this is what he believes, then maybe that's the way to to, to help yourself if you're in this situation. Mm-hmm. And as the movie wore on and we, he showed more of his true colors, it just makes me so angry. I it, I was so, ah, uh, uh, I think I was just so angry because he didn't, he didn't just say from the beginning, like, like the main, um, prison guard was he knew he was a prick from minute one like prick 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 mm-hmm. and so you were able to hate him as a prick from the second the movie started whereas this guy you're like oh is he is does he have that real you know salvation christian heart that he's pretending to have mm-hmm. or is he a son of a bitch masquerading around as, as, a, as a good christian and it turned out to be the latter but and it just pissed me off yeah pissed me off oh well i don't know why yeah I think it's just hypocrisy. Christian hypocrisy really makes me mad. And I need to clarify something here for all my Christian friends here because I have a lot of Christian friends. It is very wonderful to have that heart. And I salute you and I think that is one of the most beautiful things when you are a genuine Christian and you have 
that giving heart. Like I'm actually gushing even thinking about it because I know people like that and they're so amazing. But when people take that and they toy with it and convolute it to make it something that it's not like like this guy, like the warden did in the movie, that it makes me so mad because it gives everyone else a bad name. I'm pissed now. I agree. Did you're pissed. I'm angry. I can tell. Really angry. <laughs> oh well. Why are you saying it like that? Because <laughs> I see that you're crestfallen. I'm like really upset. You love the warden so much. You're so sad. I did and not. Turned. No, I didn't love him. I was. By just the way, the guy that plays the warden, who is I think his name is Bob Gunton. The yeah. Gunton, the Gunton. actor. Gunton. He's a he's one of those guys that's in a. He's in everything. He's a good character actor. He's a lot of roles. Yeah. He was in this movie. I'm probably the only one that's ever seen this movie. It's called Dead Silence by the. Guys that did Saw, the movie Saw, S-A-W. As in like Saw 1, Saw 2, Saw 3, they're on like Saw 17 No, right they now. didn't do all of them. I think the, the guy that did the first one, he was in this movie called Dead Silence. See this movie. It's a scary movie. It's got the creepiest ending and he's in it. That's all I had to say. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of that movie and how crazy and creepy it was. This is the type of movie that later on Justin would be like, let's see this one movie, Dead Silence, it's awesome. <laughs> And people are like, what are you talking about? I just like movies, man. You know what I just caught out of the corner of my eye on our movie bookshelf? What? Seven. Another Seven. great Morgan Freeman movie. I love Seven. Oh, another really, really depressing movie that he's in. <laughs> but he's so good in it. <laughs> he's good at being the, you know, the long voice of reason in depressing movies. Maybe that's why he was a great president. What was the movie? Was it Deep Impact when he was the president? Yes. God, he was good. Really? Yeah. I only saw that once. You loved him in that? I That was, I think, not one of, but, I mean, not one of the very first, but one of the first movies that stands out to me that I remember seeing him in when I was younger. And I went, oh, I want him to be president. Did that, soften, president? Did that soften the public stance on possibly having an African-American president? You time? know, it's funny. I wasn't sure we were going to get into that base <laughs> where this was going, but I thought about it at the time. And I said to my mom. Even more than the 24, uh, Mr... Well, I said, well, we got in the car and I said this to my mom, who, by the way, is a lifelong Democrat. And I was like, mom, he was so good. Wouldn't it be great if somebody like Morgan Freeman could be president? And he's like, she, go, she goes, yeah, it really would be. But I don't think that we'll ever see a black president in my lifetime. And I was like, really? Come on. It's 1990, whatever. Aren't we past that? Were you, you know? like, mom, have you seen the Shawshank Redemption? <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know that she has, actually. Well, you see, if you would have seen it at the time, you could have told her that. But you didn't. Wait, told her that what? You just said, that. have you seen the Shawshank Redemption? But told her that what? Uh, Morgan Freeman's really good that movie. <laughs> what does that have to do with being president? I don't know. You, you did not draw a straight line. <laughs> you were like, here's the line, end point A, here's line, end point B. Pew, 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 pew. That's the alcoholic sweet tea talking. I don't, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I made something last night with sweet tea vodka. This is a very brief recipe. Do an ounce of sweet tea vodka, you guys, with a little bit of lemon Perrier, um, and then Trader Joe's sweet tea, or if you're from the South, genuine sweet tea, and mix it all up and drink it all up. Yeah. Sweeten it if you want to. More with Splenda. It'll get you drunk. But back to Morgan Freeman. Yeah, back to Should him. I tell my really kooky Morgan Freeman story? Oh my God. If you do, I'm going to pee my pants <laughs> with excitement. You need to do this right now. Okay. Before I say that, it, I don't know Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I love him. I think he's a great actor. I've heard some um, really uh, weird personal stuff about him uh, lately. But back in the day, I was a real big fan, and I wrote on my stupid blog, which, um, by the way, is how Justin and I met. Continue. Um, but 
this is over five years ago, but I saw a picture of Morgan Freeman in the news, <laughs> and he was holding a blank CDR you in the picture. Okay, it had no writing on it. It looked like, you know, something that you would... Just a blank CDR that you would put your favorite songs on. Anyway, I wrote this whole story. Totally fake, by the way. It was like fan, fan fiction, pretty much, of Morgan Freeman. It was a narrative. Yeah. Um, of Morgan Freeman <laughs> off of this picture of him with the CDR. And it, through the years, has become this, like, crazy story. Like, I pretty much refer to this story as... That it was true. Like, it really happened. Ding, ding, imitation bell. <laughs> Justin's blog entry was loosely titled, Morgan Freeman Likes to Make Mix CDs. <laughs> and he basically gave... It seems so stupid now. I'm a, I'm, uh, no, it was amazing. He personified Morgan Freeman by wanting to constantly make mix CDs for people. Anyone that he meets. Like, it was an obsession. And he wrote, like, a first person narrative as Morgan Freeman of like what songs do you like I'll make you a mix CD and and Justin wrote it like he had received one from Morgan he was like Morgan we gotta stop this man I've already like lined my whole lampshade with mix CDs that you made me I'm running out of room for ceiling tiles with them like stop this makes me seem so dorky it was so good yeah he was Google like... that Morgan Freeman mix CDs <laughs> I'm just saying yeah Worth he's, your like, time. he's like hey Justin make a mix CD for you <laughs> Is he Chinese now? Was that a Chinese impression? It was. You were like, hey, Justin, make CD for you. <laughs> anyway, Morgan Freeman loves making mix CDs. <laughs> it's like his lifelong obsession is making mix CDs. Narrating and making mix CDs. Yep. And then being president in his spare time. I think he would be a good president. Oh, he'd be an awesome president. I would vote for him. He has a very calming, you know, voice slash persona Demeanor. about him. It's true. You feel like he, like, just like you feel when Obama says, I got this. It's kind of the same thing with Morgan Freeman. I could see Morgan Freeman being like, I got this. Yeah. Like in Driving Miss Daisy. He's like, Miss Daisy, I got this. I never saw that. Wow. <laughs> All right, Morgan Freeman, if you're listening to this, Chrissy is not a fan. That's not true. You're never going to listen to this podcast, but she says she's a fan, but she hasn't seen all your movies. Mr. Freeman, I may not have seen all of your movies, but that is not true that I am not a fan of Mr. your work. Freeman. I just said I would vote for you if you were president. If that's not a fan, I don't know what is. Please make me a mix CD. I like Mariah Carey. I'm going to start writing letters twice a week to Morgan Freeman because if I do that... Just like in the movie, The Shawshank Redemption, he might relent and actually come and talk to us on our podcast. That would be great, but you do realize that Tim Robbins was the one who wrote the letters, not it doesn't ma It doesn't matter. It's the power of sticking with it, you know, being persistent. Power of redemption. The power of love. No? <laughs> Stick to your first career, Jess. I don't have a first career. Oh, <laughs> If anybody wants to stop Justin from collecting unenjoyment, give him a job. As you can see, he's quite talented. He'll make you a mix CD. Morgan Freeman loves to make mix CDs. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Indeed he does. Um, but, yeah, I love this movie, man. I love this movie, too. Do you think it deserves to be number one on IMDb? I'm not sure if it deserves to be number one on um, the Internet Movie Database, but, you know. Do you know it lost in the Oscar race that year? To what? To Forrest Gump. And oh, well. That's what was a good one I think uh, Pulp Fiction was also in the running. I never saw Pulp Fiction. No? No. Wow. 
I'm just outing myself tonight. This list is growing longer. <laughs> I'm pulling it out. I feel like I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm like unrolling it. It's like tumbling on the floor. Ask me if I've seen uh, um, Wise Girls. Have you seen Wise Girls? I've definitely seen Wise Girls with Mina Savari and Mariah Carey. Oh, well, I'm glad that that has nothing to do with Shawshank Redemption. Ask me if I've seen Glitter. I don't care about glitter. I've seen glitter. <laughs> I know. I, I'm this illustrating is, this a point. Is, that's that I've why, seen some crap movies. Yeah, that's why this podcast ones. exists. Because you've seen so many crap movies. Well, duh. 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 How would you do in person? You never told me how you would do. Horrible. Really? Yeah. Why? Why? Because it's boring. That's what I'm saying. You, if you didn't you have like to read, if you didn't have a duty. <laughs> or several, or, or several duties. Duty. You get bored, especially if you're in prison for 19 years, which is that's how long Andy Dufresne <laughs> was in prison before he eventually, you know, tunneled out, tunneled out with a rock axe. But, by the but here's here's the deal. I think that you are giving yourself not enough credit here. You're actually doing yourself a disservice because you're a good reader, you're smart, you're calm, and you're very deliberate. Well, reading doesn't do you any good when you're getting raped by. <laughs> Hairy fat dudes, you know, in the shower. What? That was a visual I could have done without. Well, I'm sorry. You're you're saying, but you're you're not giving yourself the credit. You're a good reader. <laughs> I was saying that you... like they're gonna give me awards in prison for reading or something. <laughs> they do. They give you degrees. You could become a doctor. <laughs> they're gonna call me up, Justin Winners. We have seen that you've been doing a lot of reading, so we are going to. <laughs> Award you a doctorate in reading. Award you a doctorate. I was going to say they're going to let me out of prison, you know, early for reading so much. No. It's no, like a no. Book club. We're just going to give you a fake uh, a fake prison doctorate in reading. It's not like when you were a kid and that your teacher had that thing on the door where it's like every time you read a book, you got a little sticker of an apple and a worm or something. Yeah, like you have your little board <laughs> with all these stickers. What does that do me when I'm done with this grade or this class or school? <laughs> Nothing. I take. I can't take those stars with me. No. But in prison, it might get you a doctorate. So, uh, in prison... Oh my god, that'd be so great in prison to have that little elementary thing with little apple worm stickers for every time you read a book. Wouldn't that be awesome? No, it wouldn't be awesome at all. That'd be so great. It would be like, Mac has read one book today. George has read two books in the last week. Justin's read 365 books in the last seven days. Because <laughs> that's all I want to do. I want to stick out as much as possible in prison so I can get my ass beat. Your name's written in like purple Mr. Sketch marker that smells like grapes. Hey guys, look at that guy. He's read a lot of books. Let's beat him up. <laughs> no guys, I'm serious. I'm just trying to get my stickers. <laughs> <laughs> That's my version of prison right there. I'm just trying to get my stickers. I love that prison to you is like <laughs> some kind of reading competition when you're in elementary school. It's like a first grade classroom. It's like a book fair. <laughs> Do you have book fairs in school? Oh my god, book fairs were great. And Scholastic would come and they'd set up like little... um what are those, like, silver things with books everywhere? And I would tell my mom, like, a week in advance, the mom, the book fair is coming in, like, a week. You have to give me money. And she would, like, give me, like, ten bucks, and I would be really pissed because with ten bucks, it would only buy me, like, two Sweet Valley Twin books. I'd be like, damn! If, dude, if... I was I mean, if you watch this movie <laughs> and you go to prison, you better take a lot of cigarettes, apparently. It's, it's like, like a currency. It's like money. It's a currency. It is. Not even like a currency. It is a currency. But is it, I guess it's... 
it's not that way anymore. They've got to move. They've moved up in the world. Well, we watched that one show on. Is it CNBC? Is it locked up? Yeah. That show is awesome. What? 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 What have we learned from watching this show? What are they bartering with nowadays? Their souls. Oh, do you know what I will say? I noticed in Shawshank when they were being fed food, I was like, oh. That food doesn't look half that bad, minus that one little bug crawling in it. When you watch Locked Up, you see the gruel that gets on their plate, and you're like, oh, food was better in the 1950s. You know what would be really cool? What? If that you, the quality of food that you got in prison was equal to how many books you read. <laughs> Another reason why prison and school are kind of like the same thing. You think prison and school is the same thing? Not necessarily, obviously, but they feed them the same types of food. I don't know. Uh, I do hello, know Jamie Oliver. I do know if I was in prison, I would want to have lots of uh, posters of pretty girls on my wall, like he did. Well, Justin, why didn't you just say so? We could go and take a picture right now and just <laughs> blow it up. What are you saying? Are you sending me to prison? No, I'm saying I could be the pretty girl Wait, on your wall. <laughs> you said you wouldn't last in prison. Because you're small. I'm well. I'm really small. And I'm blonde, and that works against me. Because even when, even when you mean well, by the way, when you're small, and blonde hair, and blue eyes with a little snub nose, people think the worst of you. I can't tell you how many people I've met over the years who have said, "When I first met you, I thought you were going to be a big bitch." And then when you were really nice, I thought, "Oh, even worse, she's a fake big bitch." Yeah. What do you do when you're going into prison to make yourself not appetizing to the people that want to rape you? Uh, I don't know. You cut off all your hair. You act like you're a crazy, crazy psycho. Yeah, just like pretend you're schizophrenic. Like twitch. Twitch. Yeah, I don't even know. Have I'll, lice. I think I'll just if I would just spin around the whole time. I would talk. I would talk about how I have like horrible STDs all the time, just to make people not want to rape me or touch me. I'd be like, so then after I got rid of the clap, I had this horrible run-in with herpes. <laughs> so if we look at this chlamydia in my eye. So you'd be doing that on the other side of the prison yard. I'm in the guy's yard, just spinning around. The whole time. <laughs> That'd be great. Don't rape me. Don't rape me. I'm like spinning around. Or maybe a good defense is a good offense. Maybe you could walk in and be like, yeah, all you guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is, is that your, is that the D, that's the offense. Yeah, you have to go in the offense. Oh, you guys look great. You know, you know what you do? You come in on the bus and you start punching everyone you see. <laughs> No, didn't they do that in one movie? What was the one movie where they, like, boiled some, not boiled some guy in acid, but they threw something on him to burn him? It was a prison movie. They threw something on him? Oh, no, no, no. It was the movie where, it was The Watchmen, I think, where the guy who had ink face Mm -hmm. went into the prison, remember that? And he, like, scalded somebody. Oh, that's such a good scene when he's in the prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You do that. He didn't read a lot of books, though. No, he didn't. Oh, no, he did, just not on the inside. Not that we knew of. Wow. I know. So... But this was a great movie. I'm glad you made me watch it. Thank you. Yes. Now you, you know, would, know, know what all the fuss is about. I would say out of all the movies that we have reviewed here for this little podcast, this is far and away my favorite. What? Well, come on. Better than Mannequin? It's, Just oh, one of the guys? It's been turning into So I Married an 80s Movie Geek. Well, that's why. This is from the 90s, 1994. Thank God. So <laughs> We're moving on in the world. Don't worry. We still have millions and millions of movies to go. Are they from decades other than 1980 to 1989? No, and they're all prison movies. No! No! And then the camera goes up above and you're like, no! And it spins around. You know, that's the original, like, iconic 
camera, you know, above him when he's in the water at the end. Oh, yeah. Didn't you notice that? Yeah, you're right. That's another biblical thing. He's being washed by the rain, by the water. No? Sure. <laughs> you're like, whatever. Bible. That's a very important scene in the movie. Yes, it is. He's climbed through all the crap. I think it was too busy wondering if he still smelled or if he had used the soap yet. Yeah. You you were like, ooh, that's gross. Were you were you seriously thinking, okay, that's too much. Just go back into the, no, the cell. It, no, because that's gets, too long. That's five football fields that you have to crawl and poop. No, because you do what you have to do. Although there was one point towards the beginning where I was like, how is he not throwing up? I so much as open a you know trash bin at my apartment sometimes, and if it's too odoriferous, like I want to vomit. And then he did vomit. I was like, oh, okay, that's better. Yeah, just I mean you're. Just keep throwing You're up. You're crawling to freedom. Just vomit all over the poop. I Whatever. guess. Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. Totally. I know. And that's the theme of the movie. You gotta crawl through <laughs> poop to get whatever. Right. That is a tagline on the poster. Yeah. Well, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Let's do more of these. More good movies. No. Please? Yes. Yay. Yay. Prison movies. Rape. No. I'm sorry. Redemption! So, um, uh, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, um, if y'all want to read up on us, follow us on Twitter. We haven't been saying that, but... Oh, yeah, we should. Where, where, where can we follow you on Twitter, Chrissy? I am at Chris Winters. One word with a K for Chris. K-R-I-S. Winters like the season with an S at the end. And you can follow me on Twitter at Justin Winters. There you go. Justin Winters. Or at DudeManFat.com. That's D-U-D-E-M-A-N. P-H-A-T dot com. DudeManFat. Dot com. And we'll have another episode next week. Yay! Yay! We'll see you on the flip side, guys. On the outside, you mean. Ha 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 ha! Prison!